Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of White Label American. Thank you all for joining us today. I would like to thank my patrons before we begin. Uh, thank you all for your support. You all have been great. And to everyone listening, you can join and support us and help us uh, continue to build community. Um, we know it's not easy for everybody at these times, and we do appreciate your listening and support anyway. But you can, if you can't give money, that's fine. You can give your likes, you can give your subscription, you can give uh, sharing, and most importantly, you can give us five stars and a great review on iTunes and other podcast platforms. You know, I'm an independent podcaster competing in a world full of giant podcasters. So help a brother move up and push us up the ladder. All right. So with that being said, let's go to today's guests. I have a very, 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 very special episode. Um, it's never been done before. I have two guests in the house. And we've had two guests before, but we've never had two guests like this. So it's a super episode. I know you're thinking, are you thinking like, is it a husband and wife? Or is it two wives? Or is it brother and sister? No, wrong. All that's wrong. I have... You can say two sisters. They're cousins. So they're sisters at the same time. But it's, uh, we're going across the pond again. But this time, they bring so much um, special because one is, uh, they're both creatives. They're both um, progressives. They're both based in the UK. And they have roots in Nigeria. And... They go beyond um, your average women. And there's so much about both ladies. Is it okay if I say ladies? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because not, not every woman likes to be called a lady. So I, for, I forgot to check that for the beginning. But not every... Uh, they go beyond the average lady. And they are people who... I can't wait to have our, this conversation with because um, you have audio audio files in there you have feminists you have progressives you have entrepreneurs you have skeptics when it comes to religion we have everything here so without much being said i welcome amaka abara and jennifer ann stodell welcome to white label american thank you for having us <laughs> oh see drum roll I, I told you guys this is gonna be fantastic <laughs> <laughs> if you don't hype yourself, you so. <laughs> ah, so where shall we begin? Let's begin. Let's go back to the very beginning. All right, place of birth. You know, where were you born, and what was childhood like? So, who who would like to go first? I was born in Emekuku, um, in Oweri. Up in Oweri, <laughs> and um, part of my life or so was in Portacot. So no, no, that's why we connected. That's why that vibe was just there. Because pe- you know, Pitakwa people, we just it's just natural. We know ourselves. 
My life was in Patakot. The other half was in the way then before I moved to UK. So yeah, Jenny. <laughs> okay, let me begin for myself. I was born in Abba. In hey. Then, like a um, few years later, went to moved to Patakot, and I did my whole primary school, my whole secondary school up to SS3. Moved back to Abba. Then I went to. I was in my second year of Abbey State University and then moved to the UK with my family. Mm. And I have been here ever since. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well. All right. Yeah. So, uh, where, where in Port Harcourt did you guys stay? In? So, I grew up in Waterlines. Ah. Yeah. Um. It, it was, um, how do I say, we weren't really allowed to like go out and stuff. So I didn't really explore Port Harcourt the way that I would have really, really, really loved to. You know, mm -hmm. somewhere, uh, you know, you grew up in primary, secondary school. Yeah. And like, you don't really know most of the area. And you hear of places, but like I went to Port Harcourt when la, um, January and I could not recognize anywhere. Everything's changed. Obviously, that's that's normal. But it's just the fact that, you know, when people mention places in Port Harcourt, except is the route to and from church. I don't really know. <laughs> and school. <laughs> I not that much, which is a shame. But yeah. oh well. But it is. Yeah. So me, mostly was saying Obibu. Yeah. We call it like, well, in Port Harcourt terms, it's Obibu. Uh, and obviously, I went to Abloma um, first um junior secondary just one to just three um usually around oyibu and transamadi is mm -hmm. only place yeah and uh uh mother cats <laughs> so familiar wow where, where, where is mother cat where you get cat cat taxes you know where it's slum better slum yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> that name rings a bell, but yeah. you, if you tell me, I'll put a gun to your head, and you know I will never know how to get there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I had Mother Cat. <laughs> 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 ah, wow. Yeah. It, it'll probably it'll probably come to me tomorrow now. It, yeah, to come to me how how to get to Mother Cat. Because I, I I did I will switch a little bit. I did small work in Patakot. You know, I came there as a as a young adult. Yeah, I was just um, about to jump out of my teens, so I had a little afro. Now people don't believe that stuff, but I had a little afro, very skinny. I had a little afro, and uh, I stayed in Lekoya Estate. I was uh, just nineteen. Oh yeah, I was nineteen years when I moved into uh, Patakot, stayed in Lekoya, and then. Just before I left Portacourt, I was staying at Waterlines. Uh, just uh, after, yeah, just after Waterlines, there's an estate. The, when, when you go past the Waterlines building itself, the first turn on your right. I feel like I know that estate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. There, there was an estate there that I, I, I lived. Uh, my, my aunt's husband had um, a place there, and I, I, I was there doing some boy-boy. But uh, <laughs> yeah. so 
when you say water lines, and water lines will always be special to me because uh, the first time Nigerian army beat me up, Ooh. and when they finally set me free, it was uh, between Hotel Presidential and Water Lines. Okay. They told me to jump out of the, the truck, and I, I, I jumped, and I literally fell face flat, but it was sanitation day, so there was no traffic on Abba Road. Otherwise, a cow would have run over. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's just too many memories and all those. <laughs> but, I know, I know. That's not... Ah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that's Niger. Niger teams is uh, it, don't, it don't matter whether it's Patakot or Lagos. There's always one encounter I've had, <laughs> and it's not like I was going out to look for trouble. <laughs> so you can imagine if I was going out to look for trouble, <laughs> what it will look like. <laughs> uh, all I can do is just laugh about it now because yeah, like yeah, it's, it's funny. I mean, I got my revenge on the soldiers later on, but wow. yeah. But enough, enough about me. Let's let, let's come back to you guys. So, um, before I go to the n- next question, I have to ask. Uh, I like asking about meaning of names. It's something that just popped up recently, and uh, also Jennifer, you, you you don't have an Igbo name. Ooh, Osinachi. Which Osinachi. Hey. <laughs> Hey, this guy, this guy, uh, this this woman, a strong woman. Osinachi. I don't think I've met any Osinachi that that was uh, that was that, that, that. You just have to cut cap for them. You see, this this one is uh, you just salute. You just, Osinachi. You don't play. You, you, I don't think. Yeah, you don't play with Osinachi. You just. This Oga Osinachi. So Okay. Yeah. It, 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 the, the name rhymes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, do, do you know the meaning of Osinachi? Yes. It comes from God. It comes from God. Okay. And Amaka? Yeah, Amaka is Chiamaka. God is beautiful. God is beautiful. All our names always have God, God in there. My, my, my John name, uh, nothing supersedes God. Only life it's always God. God, like, wait, how much God owe you now? My, my, my daughter is the only one without God in her name. <laughs> her name is uh, Ibimiri, the, uh, a good woman. I said, hey, don't oh. do. There's enough God in this house. I mean, <laughs> God done for us. It's all. <laughs> <sighs> so, um, childhood. Sticking, going back to childhood. Where does your favorite childhood memory come from? Um, I would say mine comes from playing with my friends and learning about the universe from my dad. So in, in which city? Potakot. I had to be Pitakwa. My memories, my childhood memories, mostly from Potakot. Okay. Yeah, um. yeah just... <laughs> yeah. I'll say it's basically it's just the same thing, playing with the friends. There's this game we used to call dodging ball. I don't mm. know if you guys, you be in a circle, like, and then you have two opposite teams and one, like, you obviously you throw the coin, What whoever team. 
excuse me, whatever team picks it, the first person from the team comes in the middle and then you start throwing ball back and forth mm -hmm. and then the person will dodge it. <clears throat> then what if the ball touches the person, the person has gone. Is that dodge and then, ball? Yeah, dodge ball. And then that person will come. So that's like every time I've tried to recreate it, it was so much fun. Like I don't that, think I've that, yeah, that does sound fun to me though. I'm, so much fun. I I would have tried the hardest not to play that game. Like you know when you're laughing, no, no, the ball did not touch it, touch you. Oh, I it. bet you will never play that again as an adult. <laughs> yeah, so, maybe you will. I don't know. It's like ah, so it's it's oh gosh. I when we used to have competition on Saturdays, right? Saturdays, all the children, you know, where we grew up in the compound, there is three or four story buildings. Everybody like lived there. So we used to have the competition where you come and watch the back of the pot and all the households just put their pot. What? The person that has the shiniest bike. The, the adults were using you guys. <laughs> Upon you, like they'll say, as if because it was like such a competition, like every week we used to figure out what, what was the best. They'll say you take eggshell and you grind it and mix it with homo. We'll try it, and then wow. some people say, Oh, be better. They say, Take purple leaf, grind it, we'll take purple leaf. They were giving us different, we just kept trying and trying the best method so our pots could like be the shiniest. <laughs> the adults had the best love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> so. <laughs> okay so what what method was the best method i think the best method was the eggshell eggshell one okay. when you get eggshell you grind it grind it and make it is so fine then you mix it with the blue omo and then once you wash it oh wow wow <laughs> I, I wish yeah. I, someone had told me that i don't think boys got that message in like benin city and uh, just <laughs> We just we're gonna take sand and scrub it. That's it. I don't even know who came up with that. So yeah, you used to ruin the pot. Yeah, yeah. So we okay. had to use well, that. One. I guess that explains the pots that got ruined. It's, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it, 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 there's a statue of limitations has passed. So nobody can uh, nobody can claim I owe them pots now. Oh my God! <laughs> you can't sue anybody yeah, now. They, they can't sue me. It's too, it's too late. Statue of limitation. I'm protected by the law. So yeah. I, I was going to ask favorite Nigerian city. Should I guess? Um, Lagos. Lagos. What? Yeah. Uh, I don't have a favorite Nigerian city. It's Lagos for me. When, when I've been in Lagos and then now I've been ever since I've gone and come back, I've been to Enugu, I've been to and then I've been to Jos. So I've been to Abuja as well. I was, I was born in Jos. Okay. But Jos is not uh it's no longer the type of Jos I was born in. You know, it's yeah. since I left, it just you know, they, they couldn't keep up the standard. Be very chill. Mm -hmm. People there are kind and very yeah, of nice. course. Uh, can you, have you met me? <laughs> People they are very kind, but I think for me it's just Lagos. We're I think probably it's because of my personality. So it's just, gra -gra. Lagos is gragra. -gra. Yeah, so I kind of like enjoy the host. But even though they when they see me, they know I'm ready. I'll give you an example. Like when both of us travel, like all the time, once we get into cab. So every time we get into cab, like the guys like they were always happy when she sat in front i didn't know why, why? Then one Tell day why. yeah <laughs> one day you remember when i said okay. one day 
as soon as we go, me and her were like talking, like who go to the front, who go to the back. I was like, I'll, I'll go to the back. I'm tired. I just want to. Run. And then Jenny and I went to the front. The driver was like, mm. and then we we're like, what? He was like, your favorite. Be like, person we will fight. <laughs> <laughs> Your sister looks friendly. Oh my god, I remember this. I actually remember this. But I thought it was just him, but it was all the drivers. They did the check on like what my face like, yeah, you're ready to fight. I do remember this, but I, I, maybe you're imagining that it's all the other drivers. I think it was probably just him. No, it's different because you remember as, as soon as we go back, like some people, some drivers call her back later and tell her, you're so polite. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're such, a, you're such a nice rider. I'm like, what, what is it? So I think I just... I don't know. It's no, I think a... it's probably because I have more rapport with them because I'm at the front and you, you're at the back chilling with yourself. They so... say from from my face already. Even at the airport, they asked me if I, I was in the military. <laughs> yes. Ah. Like they asked me if I was in the military. Oh. I was like, no, like because of how I was in, like, I my tears. Like, I just... Uh, you see, yeah, you have adopted the whole Lagos gra-gra. It's like uh, action film, you know? It's not- you you're going like they would want to scam you and they want to yeah like, but have, have you have you ever heard of this saying that um back in the days like when you you come to lagos that um as soon as you see those the three pair masquerades that once yeah. you, you you drive up there and you know you're, you're driving to lagos and you see those three masquerades the statues yeah and you breathe the air there it's like your 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 demeanor is different. Like if it's either if you don't get it, if you don't switch immediately, uh, nothing for you. Your your, your JJC because they, they, they can they can decode you. Lagosians will just decode you. But if you can breathe that air immediately and switch into a Lagosian, they 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 can't decode you. So it's like me me. As soon as I see that, ah oh yeah, let's go. So when they try, I I just I'll be like I'll be like a rabbit. And then when they try, I say ah like look here, look here. Yeah, no get your time. <laughs> I don't get your time. If you if you try, I go to if you try, if one big big go find you where you want me to go. You go find you reach your ass. They say, ah, this one, this one. It be those people for tell us now. Nah, no, we don't want to fight. <laughs> My brother, <laughs> they just change. They're like, oh, we, we, we're looking at you. Yeah, you were simple and nice and all this. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, yeah. I, I don't even have any strength. I won't eat him for for like two days. <laughs> but just because I changed my voice and just switched yeah. my, my my attitude they're like ah this 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 one of those ah, is he he's speaking worry pigeon ah these worry people they they, they they can fight you to the end of the world <laughs> because nigerians that's the only language they understand is aggression and that is mm-hmm. so sad and yeah it's just sad like i am such a calm peaceful person and i don't look for anybody's trouble mm-hmm. but i think like i give people the benefit of the doubt because i feel like not everybody's the same it doesn't yeah. matter what happens and it's like when someone okay once i was trying to get my bag out of the the well from the from the boot and this guy was trying to help me and i said to him it's fine i have I, i've got you under control don't worry i don't need your help thank mm. you i swear he, he, i don't know if he heard me because my voice is you know a bit low so i said okay let me just increase my volume a little bit just so he maybe he didn't hear me the first time i said it again i said oh guys fine don't worry leave my stuff it's fine so I managed to get it out and he was still trying to drag my luggage with me. I had to switch it up for him. And yeah. you know, this guy, this guy was like, calm down now. It's not that serious. What is this? I said to him, that's the only language you understand. I was telling you, Jai Jelly, like, it's fine. I don't need your help. Why are you trying to force it? You know, and he was like, go, go, this kind of thing. And I was like, 
I didn't even care because I understood that that's just them. That's the only language they understand is aggression. Yeah. And when you now become aggressive towards them, they, it's like, oh, this is it's, it, it's your fault if the victim blaming is, is yeah, begins. Exactly, exactly. And I just kind of tune it out and I'm like, that's just them and their way. I just get to understand their way and I just leave it for them. You know, now that I look back, you know, I start to realize that, you know, I got to move around Nigeria a little bit and you see this aggression everywhere. And we don't realize how even those of us who are thinking that we were immune to it, we start to adopt it. Exactly. And we start to apply it in the way we even talk and the way we act. And so like when I was in Ibadan, was, uh, when I started driving and um, I, I used to be sent to the, um, I've forgotten where this market is. Um, Alesh Lawyer, I think it's Alesh Lawyer was called. It was the largest fabric market in West Africa. Wow. to go buy fabrics for my um, guardian who was um, a fashion designer. And I'll become good at pricing. That's where I learned negotiations. But even, it, it didn't matter if you were male or female, walking around that market, they pulled you into stores. They would just drag you, like, yeah. come come check it out. And I'm like, I don't want, I don't even, none of the fabrics here, I don't need anything. But it was always worse for women. It don't matter if you were married, if you were pregnant, if you were, and if you were the smaller you were, the better for them. They will drag, they literally drag you into the store, and that will cause that that falls into sexual assault. A lot of it was sexual assault, and when the woman would storm out, that's when you start hearing this stuck up, yeah, exactly. stuck up, this stuck up bitch. Look at her, yeah, you're not happy that I even paid your attention, that kind of thing. And when I look back to when I started using that language of look at this girl, she's stuck up. I paid you attention, like she's stuck up. I started yeah. saying that wait, was it because of the way I the woman didn't give me attention or like I came and approached you, hey, you know, hi, and the woman, I don't want to talk to you. And oh. I'm like, oh, look at you, you're so stuck up. I thought she, she she's a stuck up bitch. And then but I started adopt because I I didn't like being pulled. I didn't like the way those guys, I'm like, hey. I have the person I buy from. Don't touch me. They won't agree. They'll still try to pull me. So like some, I, I, it took me a while to figure out that I don't have to, because I always, I was doing the thing of dressing nice, looking fly, and then they start ripping my clothes and I'll get really mad, but I can't fight them because they have, they're, they're all, they're all in the union there. So you don't want to try and fight them. So I started wearing this, I'll bring a different shirt that I'm wearing there, that shirt that, that can get dirty and all that. But with time, I was turning into them too. Only that I wasn't the guy grabbing the women. But in other ways, I would go like put myself in your face. Like, hey, I want to talk to you. And if the woman says, uh, can you give my space? I'm like, you're not happy that I even came to talk to you? There are guys pulling a woman into the room, pulling a woman into their house. I'm not pulling into my house. I just want to talk to you. You should give me that minute. And then I start using that language of you're stuck up. Look at you. Get out here. You're not even beautiful. And then, you know, and... And I'm like, yeah, we, we, we all, the whole aggressive culture that we have towards women, it's part of it. You see, it, it's so prevalent everywhere. Like even in Portacourt, there, there was a girl, uh, a woman, I won't say girl, because I was a young adult then. There was a woman I used to go chase in, uh, yeah, back back then. Yeah, I, I did my walkabout when it came to women. And <laughs> she had a stall in the market, night market. 
in uh, uh, I think it was Rumola. Yeah, it was Rumola. And I'll go there. But I got to a stage, I realized that she just wanted me around. She, she didn't want to date me, but she just wanted me around. She liked my company. Okay. But when I'll be going home with her, I'll be seeing, escorting her home. A lot of guys will still be like, oh, you don't get boyfriend now. You look at, you don't get boyfriend. Ah, 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 now this one, okay. I'm there. They still. So, but if I wasn't there, what was happening? And I, but because I wasn't getting my way, I got mad one day and said, I'm not coming anymore. You're not even giving me what I want. So I, I, I walk it. But the, the harassment levels is ridiculous because I saw it happen to members of my family, but I couldn't find, I could, the word harassment well, did not exist. It was mm -hmm. never something that we had told, you know, we always saw harassment as uh, they have to come rip your clothes. You know, if the man doesn't take you into the house or try attempts to rape you, that so it, the, the, that's the only definition that I had been given. So if a man at a store in the market drags, holds my sister and says, you must come check out my goods, come check out my goods. And she doesn't, if she's not a good, she intended to buy. She had no plans to look at that, but he's gripping her hands and you can tell that she's hurting. Mm -hmm. I was just like, no, I, I won't even, it won't occur to me that that's harassment, that's an assault let her go and i'm just like hey yeah hey, hey, oh boy calm down you know i'm, I'm like <laughs> that was the, the my brain was that's how my brain interpreted it and even uh um there's this street in benin city uh there are a lot of buses that used to be there and if you made the mistake of walking from the beginning of that street with just a bag that looked like a traveling bag back then they just touts were all around they'll just grab your bag and run into the nearest company that they work for and drop your bag. Like, hey, hey, this one they traveled, Lagos. I'm not going to Lagos. I'm going to Ibadan. Oh, we don't have Ibadan bus here. Why do you bring my bag here? <laughs> and then, but when they see women, it's like, oh, perfect. Perfect. So people now have to start getting on motorbikes that will take them straight to the bus station and get up. But all these things, it didn't start today. It know. started a while back, but you know, when we don't, we only use one definition and say if it doesn't happen exactly like this, that don't count. Yeah, with a lot of things in Nigeria, like for instance, um, things like depression. Mm -hmm. it, I only heard of the, the depression when I moved to the UK. The whole time I was in Nigeria, I never knew it existed. Yeah. And and also things like mental illness. Oh, yeah. You have a picture of mental illness and mm -hmm. those mad that walk up and down. On, on, the, on the streets, yeah. There's a broad spectrum of mental illness and there's some that are extreme and some that are just, you know, not that. It's just, I think a lot of things with Nigeria is education. A lot of people are not well educated to how things and what things are. And with the whole aggression thing about Nigeria, the one I knew and when I realized how aggressive Nigeria was, was just being in traffic in Lagos, the way people drive. It's like they don't give space for someone. They don't let people in or out. It's like... Mm. I feel like the, the Nigerian mentality is like, if I try to help somebody, they'll take advantage yeah, of me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Track record of that happening. So, whereby people would want to help, they feel like they're mumu if they do that, mm -hmm. or everybody else would say that they're mumu for letting this person in, or they feel like if they let one person in, everybody else would take advantage of them. Yeah, for and, and jump in. 
So lots of accidents and things that happen that don't uh, not necessarily meant to happen, but because of the way people are, they're not kind and nice to each other. So there's chaos. And these are the people that <laughs> don't want to go back, but these are people that are meant to be very, very nice and humble and respectful and this and that, but they don't show love to one another. They just, the only people they respect are the Mopo men that use sirens and even sometimes not often, but they, oh, they if tend- you're, you're one big man. Or- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our money mm-hmm. over the people that need that help more than the people that you know people with their cars have ac they can sit in the car and wait and pick a number but people that don't have cars will stay outside in the sun and wait for hours and then they let people that can wait to go in and out of the you know the bank for instance and, yeah. and it's just that it, the whole system is just Absolutely. disgusting it's just <laughs> horrible and you know what <laughs> Sadly, someone has said to me before at work, or when they ask me, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm Nigerian. They're like, oh, I met a lot of Nigerians. They're really nice. They're really kind. And I just laugh. And I'm like, you know, some of them, (laughs) some of them, I say to them, be very careful because some Nigerians are only out to be friends with you. They expect something in return from you. And that's the sad truth. I don't tell it to everybody because obviously I don't want to bash Nigeria. But I tell most people, I'm like, you be friends with your Nigerians and laugh and, you know, but don't hold them to that high extreme because a lot of them cannot be trusted because I've gone through things. Jamaica has gone through things. I'm sure you've gone through things with Nigerians. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> this this podcast almost did not exist because of in Nigeria. <laughs> and the thing is that what can end up saving them is just one act of kindness everybody just shows an act of kindness to everyone around them and they can start from there but obviously they don't trust each other enough to do that so i don't think that's ever going to happen sad mm-hmm. I, I i think it's also a, a design is the way the colonial system designed it for these failures to be in place because you weren't supposed to have nigeria is not supposed to be a country that functions it's never built on a, uh, on a foundation of functionality. So you've always had uh, loopholes for, for failure to, to, you know, seep through. And mm-hmm. if you look at the standard of leadership that we've had right from the beginning, it's always, you know, like colonialism without aggressiveness wouldn't have succeeded. And they start, started laying the foundation for what we have today. And... When you have um, the, the other day, I was talking to someone on the phone before coming to the studio, and um, I was trying to tell them that we, we complain a lot about uh, Buhari, you know, the president being this and that. But I said, you know, all it takes is just a small detail to decide if someone is really up to it. And I saw a video not long ago of him coming out of the car, and the Pantami guy was right next, was standing there. Tinibu's wife, who's um, um, Madame Tinibu, the senator, she was a senior senator, was there, and she knelt down to greet him. Uh, you know, okay, respect, all right. But she knelt down to greet Mr. President and then extended her hand for a handshake, and Pantami put his body between the president and Madame Tinibu and blocked her. And the president moved on and shook hands with the next man standing to her. And I was telling the person that that detail there should tell you who the, your leader is. Because the fact that his favorite, one of his favorite aides aggressively blocked a woman who's of the same religion as he is, the same poli- political party, went that far 
to say, no, you must not touch my president because I am this brand of my religion. A woman cannot touch a man. And you who has the power to say, hey, calm down. I'm the boss here. It's just a handshake. We are the time that let, we, we are saying we want one Nigeria. So for the sake of one Nigeria, I can shake hands with a Madam Senator. Right? But he he's still like, yes, this is good. I like that. Aggressive. I like you. That's why I like you as my. And that little detail there is all you need. There's no need to be writing big drama. This man is. That's all you. That's all. That just explains who he is. That's it. And the person couldn't, the person didn't get it. The person was like, oh, no, 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 no. And I'm like, what is no? That, like, if, if I, if there's no, what, what, there's no way you can see someone who is not down with the aggressive behavior that will say, that wouldn't have checked the aid and said, wait, why are you blocking this woman who's more, who's a senior senator? No matter what you feel about the woman, that's aside. But she's a senior senator. She greeted the president respectfully, even went too far in my opinion. But she knelt down and in coming up, offered her hand. Why can't you shake her hand? I mean, if it's for religious, I don't know why I wasn't there. I don't know. No, because the like, aide yeah. threw himself between him and... You have to understand when it comes to religion, mm -hmm. religion supersedes anything in nigeria yeah but the same president shakes hands with other women oh, what i'm saying is i mean because you mentioned religion that's why i said i wasn't there i don't know the reason why yeah but if it's religion if 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 we go with religion mm -hmm. religion if that's the reason then but yeah, if, even even our religion is aggressive too i mean we see pastors beating people in churches we see um i've, be, I've been around arabic schools arabic learning schools and you see a kid who's like a teenager in charge of um, toddlers or the kids who are just above the toddler age with whips, make them learn the Quran. And the, aggr the aggressiveness is everywhere. I think it's just the, um, yeah, at, look at Nigerian school when we went to school. There were, you know, there was canes involved. Yeah. Oh, so did, did you guys have to bring canes for your teachers? Um, I don't think I did. I don't remember bringing Kimbo. I remember bringing things like when I went to junior secondary school. Mm -hmm. I went to secondary school, and we had to bring in like a machete, yes, brooms, rake. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you brought skin. I mean, my dad broke it just skin once. <laughs> yeah, my dad came to the school, and that was I do not ever touch my daughter in your life again. And that was the last time they ever flogged me in that school. <laughs> but you know, it was the culture. I would yeah. say what is anything. I don't think it's just religion. I think a lot of things have to do with culture as well. I I I I, I debate that too because uh, a few years ago, I also saw um, I've forgotten what publication I saw it on that showed the British schools, um, colonial schooling system introduced flogging. Oh, yeah, they used to flog. Yeah, yeah, they used to flog back in the day. It was yeah. So it also it's another thing that people don't associate with colonialism, beating children in school that now became an African thing. For yeah. yeah. So because over over here in America, it's people now claim it's a black thing to beat children, but that's tied to slavery. It's not. Uh, it's from slavery that the beating of children came, and which is also tied to colonialism. But in Africa, it's the same thing. Unfortunately, the sad thing that I 
I don't say I regret because I didn't. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> but the thing that I I feel so sad for. I don't, I don't want to paint Africa's, you know, Africa because Egypt is different. They have the, yeah. like, we don't have recorded um, history the yeah, way a lot of cultures out, yeah. do, like China yeah. and, and um, Egypt and other places. I, I mean, I know we have, like, our knock culture, a yeah. culture, but yeah. there's nothing really Written. for us to see, Documented. go back and see how our ancestors yeah. really lived and what yeah. was like. There, there isn't, and there is at the same time, because a lot of yeah. it was stolen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm saying and, But like, if even in the archives that are like um, that get uh, um, uh, what's it called? That every now and then they release from colonial the colonial archives that we get access to, be it from the UK, um, um, Belgium, and other all the colonial countries. Those that they, they wrote they wrote it down. They admitted to a whole lot of stuff in their notes, and that yeah. is where you see like all the things that were denied in our history in our educational system like yeah it, it's all written in there <laughs> they admitted it to it on their own i'm not saying that we don't have you know what I'm no, saying. But, no i get your point though i no, i agree with your point i agree with your point but i'm still saying that even from the written evidence that's around they also admitted on their own to seeing all these things and seen a whole lot of stuff that we still haven't gotten to because yeah. it's the, the most of the stuff that I'm aware of is just the stuff that has been published or made known. Yeah. Let me throw in some controversy there. Okay. You don't have to answer. <laughs> but do you think it's, um, it's, I don't want to say wise, or do you think it's for our own benefit that for the, like, England and all these other countries to keep hold of our artifacts until a such point when we are ready to take them back. Because I am of the opinion, I understand that they have it and they've stolen it and they do admit that they have. But I am of the opinion that if it's brought back to Nigeria, especially the way it is now, I'm afraid for those artifacts and those artifacts are going to get destroyed or not be utilized as much as because in like for instance in the museum i've gone to the museum i've seen them so many times and they're displayed and i, I have pride when i walk because they're they're looked after you know and i feel like if they take those i just feel sad that if they take them back to nigeria it's going to be dumped in one room yeah. somewhere nobody yeah. will be yeah. it won't be displayed for yeah. and people some people to be honest are not even interested in yeah. going to see those artifacts and i'm thinking other people from other parts of the world, Asia and South America, whatever, when they come into the museum and they see that they take pictures and yeah. they're like, "Wow, this is beautiful." Yeah. I don't know what what, what opinion are you? No, we, we, we don't have we don't have in Nigeria since basically, as a generation, we don't have this history or documenting thing about us. It's just it's literally just coming out recently and if you see those most of them that are like uh in tune with going back and uh, you see that's why i say to you i have a lot of respect and if you see for example those videos i show you it's only gen z's that will go and recreate clothing from 90s Hollywood, and mm -hmm. they are the ones that are like okay patching it up tiny tiny but when it comes to our own generation we don't we don't collectively we don't we don't have that actually that cultural yeah. preservation because i remember know. when i was in primary school i remember one day in primary school one of our teachers was like okay we want to take you guys on a field trip where would you like to go i suggested going to the museum and like everyone in class laughed at me i yeah. never forget that mm. and i found it weird because 
I'd never been abroad at this yeah. point. I'd read and seen mu- about museums in yeah. movies and books, yeah. and I've always, you know, things like that fascinate me, yeah. especially mm-hmm. things hundreds, thousands, millions yeah. of years yeah. ago. I'm fascinated yeah. by them. Yeah. So in my head, I was like, the museum I've never been to, like, let's go. And everyone was laughing, and I'm yeah. like, That's why would you know? Yeah. And I think this is a lot of, not everybody in Nigeria, but this is yeah. the mentality. Yeah. People have other things to worry yeah. about. Uh, other- I have a different take on that though because let me yeah yeah um my take is this if you never make the museum something that people should go see in a city why would people go see it you know if sorry like if it's not um the museum is not built no it's not a matter of not built i'll give an example so i i my primary school um, was in Benin City. Primary and junior secondary was in Benin City. And I did not know how historic Benin City was. I had an idea because of some social um, science um, mention of the um, um, terracotta, the knock, um, no, no, it's terracotta. And, um, I've gotten that part of Benin City where they, they make the, 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 the bronze arts. Art. But... Yeah. <laughs> the, the Benin City, the way the Oba Palace in Benin City should be attracting tourists, the way Buckingham Palace does, based on Benin City's history, because that's one of the ancient cities of the world. The, there's a, the, the mound around Benin City, the ancient mound, is considered, uh, there was a time, uh, I know I saw it in Guinness Book of Records, uh, it was considered the third longest wall around the city. Something like that, like Wall of China. Yeah, Wall of China is number one, and uh, the Adrian Wall was number two, and Benin City was number three. And nobody knew it wasn't something that was celebrated, it wasn't something that was, and people were throwing trash on it. It got to that stage, people started throwing trash on it because it had no value to people. Now, there's something also about why it became valueless to the people because you have weakened the institution of the Oba of Benin. That comes from colonialism because that ransacking of uh, of Oba of Oboramen, you can't allow another Oba rise up that will challenge the British Empire. By the time independence happens, military takes over. Military is not going to allow any other person step up to them. And guess who trained all the military? Like Buari, Buari was trained by colonial officers. But forget that. But Nigeria's military, the person in charge at uh, as at the time of independence was a British officer. All that were so colonialism is still has a huge Nigeria's police, all that is all is has a huge impact. The, all the guys who've led Nigeria from independence are all uh they're literally going by that playbook. And these guys, it's like you have people always begging, like, hey, we need to have federalism for a reason. Because if you have real federalism, Edo State can say, we want, we don't have oil like Bayosa or, or Rivers, but we have a lot of history. We can make something out of this history and people can come and visit. The same artifacts that are in the UK were existing in these places before they came and stole it. So how were they existing? They had figured out how to make it exist. How they, they weren't crumbling then. And this was way before the technology we have today existed. So, beneath, people can handle it. They know how to take care of it. They've done it in the past. But, 
No, 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 wait, wait, wait. But if it's returned now, who's going to be in charge of it? It's not going to be the Bini people. It's going to be the federal government of Nigeria because Nigeria claims federal, but it's an authoritarian federal that you have. So if you give it to somebody who gets mad over two people insulted me on Twitter, shut it down. Why would he say uh, this artifacts now? How much is it? Mm-hmm. Let me see. How many people in Edo State have been nice to me? <laughs> Don't give it to them. Put it in Sokoto. And it can happen. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, can say so- put it in the, wor- the worst place for it that has winds from the desert coming there. It's not supposed to be in that area because they weren't made for those environments. Every part of Nigeria has a different environment. But if you put it in the place where it was originally made, they can decide to put it outdoors. It can survive. They can decide to make a shit. They can figure it out. Trust them. I trust them to figure it out. The artists who, or, who originally made it, their grand, great, great, great grandchildren live there. They're still creating stuff. Trust them to make it happen. Because if there were white people in America, we will trust them to do it. So I can trust them. But you already have a system in place that says, it must go to Abuja. And then somebody who's never seen art in their life, artifacts, will now say, you know what? I, I, I think we must put it all in this part of the country for the sake of federalism. Uh, no, federal character. That's the way they say it in Nigeria. Federal character. So we want Zamfara to benefit from artifacts that had nothing to do with Zamfara. Zamfara has their own stuff. Let Zamfara have their own stuff. Let Benin have their own stuff. Let everybody have their own stuff and it will be fine and that that's why i say return it so yeah you're contradicting what you're saying because because when they do return it it's not really going to benefit anybody and end up causing more conflict than it should also the thing is though even though see i'm happy for it to be returned Mm -hmm. even if it stays in abuja i'm happy as long as if it's in abuja there is the security where people can go and see it and everything is the What's the word you said about looking after stuff? Um, so basically, I don't care where it is in Nigeria. If they want I do, to. I care. No, no, no. I'm saying the way Nigeria is, <laughs> it's one kind, one kind. It's nothing goes straight forward. Yeah. Preservation, that's the word. Yeah. So if it comes to the fact of, okay, let's have it. The British or whatever, they're happy and willing to give it back to Nigeria. Okay, give it back to us. But what, what the point I'm trying to make is, if it comes back to us, even if it's going to be in Ajegunle, yeah. as long it is safe and that people can come in and appreciate it and it's going to be preserved and it's going to you know then let the people from that area be in charge of it that's all yeah one thing is look at the state of our country do you think anything look at denzia whatever her name is her jury yeah. they can't even look after or protect it. Damage, you won't yeah. even take a penny from that is it this precious well, the, 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 that is too that is completely different from the artifacts that's not the same thing has Denziani is not representing Ijo culture. That is, is, it's not the same. What I'm trying to say is, I don't think they are mature enough. I don't want to be insulting to Nigerians or to Nigeria. I don't, the honest truth is, if you bring such artifact that is precious and priceless to Mm -hmm. Nigeria, I think right now is the, the, the right time. I know it's like when you have a child, they say, let your child grow. Just leave your child. The child will find your way or whatever. I don't know. I think I don't I think it's it's not the right time for it now. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I might be wrong, but well, I, I don't but, know. Ed, Oba of Benin already has P 
people who've been fighting for this longer than Nigeria has been fighting for it. It's like the people, Herero people in Namibia who've been fighting for their um, reparations over the German genocide, uh, Germany committing genocide in Namibia. That's why they refused the package Germany offered and the apology because Namibia accepted a different package from what they are fighting for. Benin, has, Benin Kingdom has been doing its own thing. That's why I say I trust them. There are other people who lost artifacts too around Nigeria, but I've not seen that same effort. But okay. Benin has done its own thing. I no, trust no. Benin to handle it. They can yes. handle it. If Nigeria will let Benin people hand, get their artifacts when it returns, Benin is fine. Nothing. The what? Not. And also, if, if you say security, Abuja is not safe. Benin is safer than Abuja. My yes, there's is issues in Benin. There's issues everywhere in Nigeria, but Abuja, uh, Asorok got attacked the other day. <laughs> so, uh, but if you're in Benin City, you need, you, there's something, you need to be someone special to go near Oba Palace. Like, seriously, if you go, ask any Benin person. Ask any Benin person. If you know someone from Benin, ask them, like, if there's any fight, will you go and attack? Go, go, go. Like, Oba, in Benin, Benin people, they, the respect they have for their king is if he places a curse on you, it stays. Well, then that's the Benin believing that the Nigerian army would probably not care. Uh, Nigerian army, they won't, they, there's no reason for them. The Nigerian army doesn't have, they don't, what are they going to do there? There's no, why would they just go start war? They, you, they are occupied right now. They, they are fighting, they, their focus is Biafra. That's where they want to fight in. So it, it, that's a whole different way. We are going sideways, sideways, but that's a different topic. But no, for, for real, seriously, the, the artifacts will come to it. It's been, been people have fought a good, they fought a long, long, they've been fighting for a long, long time for the artifacts. It will come. The artifacts have always, they make it. It's part of their kingdom is their story. And it's like, it will come. They, they, they can manage it. They, you, they, don't worry about that. Allow them. If the only thing that I, I would say is the, the museum in Benin City, I, I only set foot in it once. And I can't even remember what was in there, to be honest. I set foot in it once. But the, uh, that, and that, the museum falls under the federal government. That's still back to the point I make. Anything that's federal is useless because you, if you have whoever they put in, it's under the Federal Ministry of Culture. Who have you had as ministers of culture? You don't have people who have, it's a passion, it's an interest that wants to see this bloom. It's always someone who, you know, uh, you help me when, win this election. So you, this, this is my reward for you. And that person will just, uh, uh, I don't care. I don't care. It's, I'm, I'm, uh, those are the people. And why would they boost museums? Uh, National Theater in Lagos, that place not... If uh, Whiskey didn't shoot his video and, and Bonaboy didn't shoot video outside there, well, when, when they shot their video, it's all bush. Bushes everywhere. That place used to be an old, huge tourist attraction. But that doesn't mean that there are places that, can't, that they can't survive if you practice true federalism. So if you don't want to practice federalism, that's fine. There's many people already have their own plan to, to beat that, um, which is give us our artifacts. They can put it in their upper palace. They have their way. They can advertise it. They can show it. And I believe that they have enough sons and daughters around the world who have seen things and be like, we can make this happen. They still have, the part of upper palace is made of red, red clay. 
the Benin soil is considered red clay, red soil. That alone can draw people. The mold is made of red soil. It draws, you can market it, but if you leave it to the federal government and you have people who are like, it's not my part of the country, why would I make this uh, attractive? I want people to only come to my part of the country. I only want to sell one part. Then that's, that will be where we are. But uh, to be honest, I still don't believe Nigeria will exist in a few years. Too. That's another. That's another thing for me. But we are. We have to move on. We've spent enough time, you know, on this artifact. But uh, before we move on, uh, we shall take a quick break, and then we jump into some quick fire topics, which shall involve uh, your arrival in the UK, and then um, fun topics that shall include food, music, and more. Hi everyone, your host Raphael Harry here. I can't believe we have gone past our one year anniversary of doing White Label American. I've had the privilege of speaking with some amazing people, sharing their modern day immigrant stories. And you've allowed this Nigerian immigrant to share parts of his immigrant journey through this podcast. Also, one of my goals of this podcast is breaking down artificial walls that keep people from getting to understand each other. Based on your wonderful feedback over the last year, I think we have done a decent job in breaking down some of those walls. We would like to continue and expand on this mission, but we need your help. I've had an amazing time creating and producing episodes for this show largely on my own. We have a lot of ideas for new and exciting content to expand upon the mission, but we need direct support from you, our listener, which is why we have created White Label American Patreon page, where you can make a one-time donation or become a sustaining contributor, where you can get access to exclusive content, help me interview upcoming guests, by submitting questions and even have the chance to sit down with me for a one-on-one conversation either virtually or in studio. So if this podcast means something to you and if you really love this show, think about becoming a sustaining contributor and donating by going to patreon.com slash white label american pod thanks for listening and for the privilege of your company all right so welcome back and thanks for staying with us so we've done a lot of um went into the artifacts world and yeah i've talked about a lot of arts on this podcast too because i've had artists from liberia and puerto rico amongst the guests on this podcast and we've also talked about reparations of uh, artwork so don't think that uh it's all it's I, I do think about that a lot so it's coming from a good place well i love such conversations though but let's get back to two of you i don't know people don't want to hear my opinion to be honest my opinion <laughs> people, people don't like my opinion it's like they, they're gonna they're gonna report me to buari like yeah we got this guy in brooklyn you need to go get him send dss <laughs> so um did you, who 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 left Nigeria first? I did. Okay. 
And um, when you left Jennifer, um, mm -hmm. what what led to you leaving Nigeria, and what what was your first culture shock in the UK? Okay, so um, it was mostly Nigeria things. My dad was like, okay, I'm done now, <laughs> need to go. <laughs> so yeah, so we all like moved and yeah, we all moved back to the UK. And culture shock for me was a few things, but one of them was, because you know in Nigeria, when you're walking on the streets, you see your elders, you greet them. So I was walking on the streets and I saw this old man and I said, good afternoon. And he just looked at me like I'd fallen from the sky. I was like, oh, I felt so insulted and so offended, but I later got to understand the, I think it's a London thing. I don't think it's the whole of the UK. It's just a London thing. Okay. So, yeah, so that was one thing. And the second thing for me was I was coming home and all the houses, they all looked the same, the row of houses. Yeah. And I, the house, and I kept walking and I was like, oh, have I not reached my house? What's going on? And I, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ha. Huh. So I had to do, go back and start looking at the doors and the numbers. And then I found my house. Yeah. So that <laughs> happened twice. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that was a, that was culture shock for me. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, it, I don't remember now. I'm sure there was a lot of things. Like first time I saw snow, that was quite exciting. You know, to come out and see the snow was fun. I was like, oh, okay. So this is the snow. <laughs> so, um. Well, for me as well was not having friends. Mm. I, that was, I was lucky that I have a big family. So there's like loads of us. So we could talk to each other and we all live together. But outside of that, yeah. there, I, I didn't have any friends. Mm. I didn't know anybody else apart from my cousins who all my cousins on my dad's side are all grown up. They're all older. Yeah. So they all got their lives and kids and whatnot and they all live far away. Mm. So... It wasn't until I started working that I made friends from work. And then when I went to college, I met people and then I went to uni. But leading up to that, I didn't have any friends. And coming from Nigeria, where everybody's your friend, like your neighbor, mm -hmm. your yeah. people you all know are your acquaintances. I just didn't know anybody. So, yeah, that was, yeah. And the weather as well for me was like, you come out and it's sunny and you're like, okay, I'm going out. And then by the time you come back in the evening, you're shivering because the weather has done, you know, changed so drastically. And you were like, ah, sun has now become, so yeah, going out with the jacket every time, even if it's sunny, just in case, or a sweater or something. So those are like the main, yeah. And also the money, how to use the money. I remember the first time I went to the shop. <laughs> I must have notes. There's no coins or anything. I went to the shop and no one was like, okay, this is, I can't remember how much. And I gave her, I literally poured my purse content on the till and I was like, can you please tell me which one is the money? <laughs> because it was like the paper notes and coins and I didn't know how to use the coins. And yeah, so that 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 was yeah, one of the culture shocks for me. I'm sure there's loads, but yeah, those are the main ones. All right, what about you, Amaka? When when did, um why did you leave Nigeria and um what were your first culture shocks? Oh, well, I finished school, so it was time to work, isn't it? So, um, yeah. Um, well, culture shock for me, I think the very first thing that got to me was um, when we got to springtime. <laughs> so, you know, the longer days thing. Mm. So, around like 8 o'clock, it was still very bright. So, I checked my time. I was like, 
And then I checked the laptop. I was like, uh, nine o'clock, it was still bad. <laughs> 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 This was as what is the time? <laughs> it's nine o'clock. Why is it still bright? <laughs> so you got your first time, okay? See what happens. Like during summer, blah blah blah. And I was like, oh, so now once anyone comes from Nigeria, I'll just be looking at them waiting. <laughs> What's it like? Second one was just a makeup because I used to wear a lot of makeup in Nigeria and we're used to now we see it as sexual harassment, but we're used to ugly like, oh fine babe, how are you? Oh, you look fine. But here, if you like, carry the whole of me. <laughs> no one cares. Everyone is just busy. So I was like, why am I wasting all this money buying makeup and wearing makeup when no one gives like really hoots? And then I just stopped it completely. It's just like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think another culture shock was the fact that people don't really pay much attention to what they wear. Maybe, I mean, yeah. during the date, I mean, it's different when it's time for clubbing. Yeah. And people dressed up on a normal day-to-day thing. Like now it's summer, people wear flip-flops, bathroom slippers, so everyone's shorts, like, shorts. They don't, they don't, don't no care. One cares. No one cares. No one cares about your yeah, appearance. Yeah, appearance, yeah. I mean, it's not, as, I mean, compared to Nigeria, no yeah, one really cares. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I can go like a mess no one cares no you one just really cares. go get your stuff done like boom 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 go to the shops run errands yeah. do everything and just come back like it's very comfortable yeah no one cares yeah yeah every i think all the culture shocks you mentioned i i went through all of them and i did not even realize i was going through a lot of them oh. but uh the the time one i didn't even think about the, the the daylight one while in america it was when i visited uh finland okay yeah that um i went in 2012 april 2012 was when i arrived just before me and my host got me a hostel to stay at and i was like hey well, i'll pick you at night we'll go to the club i said okay so um, I was like, okay, I, I can catch some rest, you know, you know, from the airport. He drove, picked me from Helsinki and then we drove to his town. Um, he's a Nigerian boy and got me situated. So it was like probably around four or five that we got to the hostel where I was sleeping at. And I was like, all right, so it should be dark soon. For some reason, I, I, I think because uh, I, I came, I flew in from the Middle East. I was stationed in, uh, I was in the Navy then, so I was stationed in Bahrain. So I flew in from Bahrain to Germany and then from Germany to um, Finland. So I think, yeah, by five o'clock, it it got dark then in Bahrain. So I think that was where my mind was at and I was expecting darkness to fall. So I left the blinds open and where I was as a person then was that if it's still bright outside and I'm seeing it bright, I can't close my eyes. So I was laying down and to me, it just felt like I laid down for 30 minutes and my phone rang. <laughs> and the guy's like, uh, oh boy, we're outside. <laughs> I said, I thought you said nine o'clock. He said, yeah. 
I said, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking outside. It's very bright. It's 30 minutes. That was 30 minutes ago. He said, no, it wasn't 30 minutes ago. That, 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 was, that was a few hours. I said, no, it was not a few hours ago. I'm pretty sure that was 30 minutes ago. I've just, I've, I just laid down on my bed and I'm staring <laughs> outside. And he said, no, that's been a few hours. Look at your time. I actually gave you like uh, 45 minutes extra. I said, what? what? So I, lo I looked at my laptop. It said 9.45 p.m. And it just looked like it was 2 p.m. <laughs> outside. It was so bright. I'm like, this can't be. So he's like, come on, come on. So I was like, okay. But now it's like my body was beginning to, you know, the, the jet lag was beginning to set in. And we go to the first bar and we do bar hopping. And everybody's like, every time I come out of the bar, it's like getting brighter and brighter. For some reason. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and after midnight, we jump into another bar and come out and it's dark. Oh, it, it just got dark like that. He's like, why are you, why, why are you overreacting? It, yeah, it, it gets dark. I said, ah. and then by two two a.m., I step out. It's bright again. Oh hell no! Ah no no no! I can't do this. I'm not staying here. I can't. No, I, I can't do this for two weeks. Oh no 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 no! Well, like lots of times, like, it happens to me in Russia. <laughs> also, it's like when you're like I do long shifts. Like I can do like twelve hour shifts. So I start work. If I start work at eight in the morning, I finish work at eight in the evening. Sometimes if I do like three days, four days long shift, I don't see sunshine for those days because, for instance, I bring my lunch to work and yeah. where I work, um, not not now, but my old place, yeah. there was uh, it was kind of underground. underground so yeah. you can't. So you don't come yeah. out. Oh as, yeah. And then yeah. you come out and look for where to stand and you know your yeah. break is over. You yeah. go back so here. So you literally it. stay indoors the yeah. whole time. So all those days I will not see sunlight. Yeah. And then it's so weird when I do see sunlight. Maybe if I'm off work the next day yeah. and I happen to come out when there's actual sun, it feels yeah. so strange. So it yeah. does affect like they said there's a there's a what's it called? This the mood affecting syndrome thing. Yes. Go uh, yeah, I think stuff like that. Yeah, you can understand why because seeing darkness all the time can be depressing, depressing yes. it, it, indeed indeed that, little tiny sun so that comes see, out now oh my out. god everybody's naked everybody's, everybody's going out, out doing... everybody's yeah. uh, even my cab guy was telling me today in the car he was like you see the sun is so nice today is beautiful see everyone was out he was like i don't even feel like driving i want to go home and have a beer exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. it's such a nice one i was like that like that's why i mean winter everyone is so serious to know because he's dark is dull it's depressing yeah. Yeah. but once it's like bright everyone is just is lovely everyone yeah. is friendly exactly mm -hmm. different colors everyone is wearing shorts singlets yeah then that that was the next thing i was going to go into the clothes you know yeah. um who did i have on the podcast oh he came from trina and tobago the lot the episode i just released um the most recent episode and he talked about when he arrived and his dad was like um he was going to buy something and just from the convenience store and the dad um didn't go in flip-flops like back home in Trinidad and Tobago like he was he was like wait what, 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 what? I thought we just dressed do like we do back home and he's like no the dad was like no it's, he he kept it like cool but now he's been here he's grown up with you know, that my guy wears shorts and all that I was like that was me too when I arrived I'm like jeans I don't know, how, how long you gonna keep that up? How long you gonna? And then I, you realize how hot it gets here. Like summertime, I was naked too. I was like, man, you guys didn't tell me America is hot. They're like, yeah. oh, this is not the hottest part of America. It's uh, 
Virginia. And this any day is really really hot. Her dad just comes and say, Do you know what the temperature is today? It's actually hotter today than Nigeria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, Woo. I was like, oh, we used to be in Nigeria judging people like this. People can't put on clothes. They don't want to put on clothes. They are sinners. All these, I was like, I am a sinner too. Take off, <laughs> I'm taking off all these clothes. It's too much. The heat is what? Woo. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it took me one summer to switch into that lifestyle immediately. Like, yeah, take me. I was like, if I, if I didn't join the military, I probably would have. Even the military, you, you, when it gets to summertime, you take off your blouse. You know, because they, they realize how hot it gets. It, yeah. So, even in the Middle East, I wasn't wearing, you, I didn't wear my, as soon as I got into my office, just take it off. Like male, female, you took off your blouse. You didn't have, you have your t-shirt inside anyway. So yeah. you keep that on. Because it gets hot. Like when I tell people back home, they're like, ah, it's not, America is not hot. It can't be hotter than Nigeria. I say, my brother, you have not seen heat. <laughs> if you see heat, mm, you, 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 you wear your underwear and be walking on the street too. It's not, yeah, you, you quit that judgment. Uh, so when I came to London first time and only time so far, I'm waiting for your prime minister to invite me again. <laughs> and, and I know he's very friendly to black people, so we shall see. Yeah. So I, I came to London 2015 for a, a friend who I've only known virtually um, since 2007, uh, from the days of High Five. Wow. Uh, uh, his wedding, well, himself and his wife, I both knew both of them on High Five back in the days. And uh, they got married in Birmingham. And when I went, uh, they were a religious couple. They didn't add that to the wedding invite. They didn't tell us that there was not going to be booze. Otherwise, I would have stayed in America. <laughs> but, yeah, I would have sent my, my best wishes, thoughts and prayers. You know, I don't <laughs> do that. So flew all the way and then realized there's no booze. And I was like, ah, bros. That's not how we do it. So uh, well, myself and uh, one um, one Omona, we went across the street and found this uh, convenience store. We bought Guinness. Walk up to the counter. The guy looks at us and says, "You guys need Nigerian Guinness. This is not gonna work." <laughs> I was like, "What the hell, man? I'm coming from. I came from Brooklyn, New York. What do you look? Well, I look like Nigerian to you. I'm never wearing." Uh, I, I should be or anything. I'm wearing suits, man. You see this pastor suit I wore? Uh, I'm like, what the hell? Come on. I'm trying try to use my American accent. The guy like, bro, trust me, man. You, 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 want, you want to drink Nigerian Guinness? That it, it works better for you. <laughs> I was like, uh, wait, wait, which one is Nigerian Guinness? Because I've not had this one since I left Nigeria. It's, it's, it's extra stout. Ah, okay. Let me, let me go back. But I don't, don't come in Nigerian again. But I'm, I'm doing that <laughs> finger. And I went and took the the extra stout. And the other guy, like, he lives in the UK. He's like, I didn't know Nigerian Guinness is here, too. I was like, well, okay. So two of us learned something. Mm -hmm. And since then, when I got back to America, anybody says they want to buy Guinness from me, I'm like, is it Nigerian Guinness? <laughs> so my, my my Irish friend now, he, he, he he's like, oh, man, I, I can't with you. Because uh, now I, I rub it in the Irish people's faces. Like, uh, yeah, your Guinness not count. Nigerian Guinness is the one that counts. <laughs> Advance, if you know me, Panadol. Yeah, you, you know me, yeah. Panadol. <laughs> so, when, uh, if, if I were to come to London now, what mm. will be the food, the, the cuisine that you guys would say I must try? Uh -huh. 
<laughs> um, other people like to say fish and chips, but I'm not a fish and chips person. Yeah, but was it must it be British or English? Yeah, I'll I'll leave that up to you. I don't know. <laughs> we can try um, because for me, um, I will just take you to some chicken and chip shop, give you some hot wings. Um, I have gonna... full disclosure. There's, I've eaten food from almost everywhere. From almost there are many countries I haven't eaten from, but from almost everywhere, which means the popular countries have eaten their food already. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe if you're looking for like, I don't know about the Scottish or Welsh or Irish cuisine. I'm just saying, the- if I'm coming to London now, someone who because that wedding because it was because of that wedding it was a Delta guy marrying a Yoruba girl. They are stayed in their house, so they they fed me good Nigerian food. So. But I've not really experienced London eating. So based on you two now, if I'm saying, okay, I'm coming to London now, I want to eat London eating. What, 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 would, what would you guys say? Okay, you must eat this to say you've been to London. London eating is, is mostly Indian and okay. Caribbean, Caribbean and a bit of Chinese. But obviously that can be left for debate because the Chinese will swear by everything that that's what we are eating here is, is trash, it's not Chinese. So, oh, I'm not so it has been, it's like the American Chinese is Americanized. So yours is also okay. I can't say this, no, no, I'll leave that. So I'll tell you Indian, I'll tell you Caribbean. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I cook myself. I, I, I don't tend to eat out. I don't tend to go to restaurants unless it's someone's party or someone's birthday. I'm not oh, really. That's a smart move. <laughs> it's just, you know, Number one, I'm, I can't be bothered to make that effort to go out because <laughs> that entails getting dressed and I'm not ready for that life. Mm. So I mostly cook my food and I eat depending on how I feel. Like I could be in a Korean mood this week. I can be mm. in an Italian mood next week. And so, not to say- Wait, what, what is your favorite to cook then? Your favorite oh. go-to? Indomie noodles. Hey, yeah, yeah. This thing. It's Jennifer Nawa. It's. I have it always now. now. That, that I don't. I, I don't even believe anyone should say they are cook. I, I cooked and I. What do you cook? I cook Indomie noodles. I'm like, get out. Go 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 out. Go out. Bye bye. Go out. 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 Recipe. It's called loaded Indomie. If uh-huh. you make, it, I'll send you the link. Loaded Indomie. If you make this Indomie, ah, uh, it's like a palace. It has like. Carrots, mixed vegetables. If you're wanting, if you're a prawn person, can put prawns. If you're a chicken person, diced chicken. That is Indomie. Oh, you make it like it's like you make it like jollof and you fry. Uh-uh. Hey. Oh, no, yeah. Indomie of back in the day. No, this Indomie is special. Packaging. If you eat it. Uh-uh. I'm still in. I'm still in Suffered Indo Indomie. That's the one that's still in my mind. Suffered Indomie. If you're, if you're if you're a hot dog person, it's hot dogs. It's so yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not hot dog. I still, I'm not. I don't know. My, my, for my daughter's sake, I would try hot dog with her. But uh, yeah. I would just don't, don't don't tell her. Tell her she won't go and ask for hot dog. If you come to London, it'll depend on my mood or where, where I am in in the. Well, if I come to London, please don't cook Indomie for me. Cook better in a bag. I wasn't yeah. planning to anyway. <laughs> Ah. Okay, so uh, I'm going to be running out of time soon, but I have to jump into some topics quickly. Um, you both have a lot of creativity in you, 
Trust me, you do. And whether you've owned it or not, I, I own it on your behalf. But <laughs> um, so um, Amaka, I'll start Amaka first. Amaka, you also do something in the music space, both in the UK and um, Nigeria. And by creating, you know, by working in the music space, how um, how do you deal with the whole Nigerian factor when it comes to creating... <laughs> You begin. Yeah. Oh my Thinking god. About two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh my god. You know, I'm just going to say to you that that's why I said I started behaving like them because if you are very calm and you know you speak to them like very politely and they just say like who is this GDC mm-hmm. and everyone so i was i i was explaining to him that the, the, the day that that boy the manager of the place because we had the show we just finished the show last year so we paid for a place in advance and unfortunately for us um the people had people um, they had received like an offer a bit better offer and then they kicked us out of the venue they, like they didn't with no place, Almost no like replacement. Two, two days, days to the event. So to the actual event. Did they even offer you a refund? They gave us a refund, but that came like weeks later. But I mean, what? That, oh my goodness. Fires and all this stuff. And this boy was lying. You know, he had to, he had to tell us like, oh, that they received a shutdown order from the government. And some things haven't changed. I see. So it's like all these small, small lies, like lies here and there, you know. So, um, well, it, it, I think that's at the point he kept going around and Jenny was losing her patience and Jenny was like, oh, nah, eh. And the guy was like, where are you from? And Jenny was like, I'm from Igbo State. The guy was like, oh, she was like, oh, what? <laughs> it's like she was waiting for him because he kept like going round and round. He was not straight. He At the point, he kept us there and disappeared for hours. This is somebody we're supposed to be having last minute discussions, taking on our boss, finishing touches with. Eventually, we did find a place last minute relationship. So I would say it's all about networking. Network, 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 build relationships, cultivate friendships, make sure it's symbiotic. Mm. Everything in Nigeria now is transactional. Yeah, yeah. to make sure you just have something you're offering, something you're bringing to the table, be it experience, be it your contacts, be it anything that you can offer. It's just, uh, we, we are big on networking. That's the thing. It, it's, it's a bit fun, but it's the hard work is in there because those people, like, I, I promise you. They frustrate your life. Uh, they make you want to do something to somebody. <laughs> so so how, how do you stay positive with all the the drama? Just the feedback, especially just the passion, mostly it's passion driven. And then you look at the people you are working with. For example, there was a day I got so frustrated. But at the end of the rehearsals, the boys in the band were like, okay, I'm gonna come and perform, come and perform oh, today. Yeah. yeah. So because I was so angry, I was shouting the whole day. <laughs> but then they saw, so it's like the people you're working with is the energy. Mm. And then you know you have something to offer. And then at the end of the show, even Jenny came and gave me a high five. So it's yeah. like 
good. You feedback what you get after the passion and the people you are working with, especially the people you are working with. If you find a good team, if, yes, it's gold, gold in, Nigeria. in Nigeria. Good team, reliable, reliable people. people. Very hard to find. And when yeah. you have them, just hold them. Hold them. Oh, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Second that. Yeah. I second that. So, um, Jenny, are you, are you the um? Are you the security in, in these situations or are you the consultant for the, the um what was what was that um sketch from Kim Peel? Was it uh, was it the the angry oh. translator? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, see the thing is I'm I am I said moral support. Yeah. The one that tries to see if I can hold things together when it's trying to fall apart and try to be the voice of reason and you know just try to be like I don't say guardian angel because that's a bit too much <laughs> but you know like someone who's there to you know make sure that you know at least people are trying to not take the piss because that's that's one of my pet peeves people trying to take the piss I'm not yeah. taking the piss for you taking the piss that pisses me off so I wasn't meant to go, was meant to like that right but, but yeah yeah so I was that kind of person that was you know I was there to you know keep it going and make sure people are eating <laughs> yeah that, that, that's very important it's very yeah, important so as women in this space and um oh just a clarification the, is it only music that you produce uh what what are your events about? Yeah, so, for so the now, audience can know. My tree is yeah, yeah. Uh, spoken words. Um, there's art painting. Um, just we just for now, basically, we're just doing everything around music, live music, and then from there we can branch into other things. Okay, and it's both in the UK and in uh, Nigeria. Basically, for now, mostly Nigeria. Okay. Yeah. It's like yeah it's like um people come together people like like-minded because it's not for everybody all right because we nigeria has like an alternative can i call it yeah, that kind yeah. of people yeah what mainstream mm. and they kind of there's a lot of things that they don't have in nigeria that caters to them but it's like an avenue so it's like everybody with the same kind of taste or whatever we just come together let's have sit down it's like on the mat on the floor you're painting you're having a drink someone's talking about the painting you know everyone's having fun and then you have a live band you know an artist that people haven't really heard about but oh, really okay cool. yeah they're playing you know nice music we even had a girl who was playing the, the yeah. saxophone. saxophone she got yeah. everyone oh my yeah. god <laughs> yeah. she was like, as well. yeah. We got that guy, David. Yeah, David. Yeah, um, yeah. We got um, Olu, Olu as well. Yeah. Fantastic people. Like people were like shocked because yeah. they didn't realize that this kind of yeah. talent was yeah. in Nigeria. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. it was different kind of music vibe, to what? Yes. Yeah, different kind of vibe. Yeah, it's not like your yeah. typical everyday whiskey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. it was so nice, yeah. and you know, and everyone had fun at the end of the day. Yeah, it was, it, it was, was just that that this that's what keeps you on when they say please we didn't know this kind of thing happened can you come back do it again yeah, we love it yeah. like come back thank yeah. you for 
giving us a show or something like that. Yeah, because so, even the place where we hired the yeah. venue, when we approached them about doing this, they yeah. were like, what is this? this yeah, place? yeah. It was like kind of vibe. <laughs> we take it seriously, but at yeah. the end of the show, they called like, Chamaka, they were like, whoa, can we do this again in, for Valentine's Day? <laughs> Obviously, we're not going to be yeah. in the country. Yeah. So yeah. we couldn't do it, but yeah. these are people that were looking at us like, oh, we're just hiring yeah. the venue. What, what, yeah. what, what, what do yeah. But then they came and they wanted to be involved. They were like, yeah. we need to do what this every three months. Three months or so. Yeah. It was like, because we did this in December. It was yeah. like, you would like a Valentine one. one. For, yeah. And yeah. we didn't even think of Valentine's. No. And it was we not even thought, thinking Yeah, we're yeah. even thinking of the next December. Yeah. But yeah, the guy was like, you know, people coming up to us and they were like, this is really mm-hmm. good. And, you know, it's a good concept. So it's something that, you know, if it picks up in Nigeria, it's something, I mean, it doesn't have to be, oh my God, this is this. It's just something for people to just sit down and have a drink and chill. chill. You know, it's something different. Yeah. A community that you, 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 you create. Yeah. Like you know, people have their salsa dance yeah. classes. And yeah. so this is just something different. Just yeah. to chill. I like that. I like that. Came in yeah. together, and it was something for because people painted things, and then, and they, then they, they had to swatch their paintings oh. and say, okay. "Why well, yeah. saying yeah. and explain your painting?" And people had fun. There yeah. were even some little kids there as well that yeah. had fun with their parents. It oh, was just, so family yeah. friendly too. Wow, yeah. really, really lovely. It yeah. was nice. Yeah, yeah. I hope you guys continue, and you know, it continues to grow and expand. Yeah, yeah. lovely. Anytime you have another event, let me know. I can. I'll, I'll share it on my platform, you know. I don't know who will see it, but I'll I'll share it, you know. I, I love I love hearing. St- I like stuff like this, you know. You know, if I were in Nigeria and I could attend, I would, because yeah. it it sounds like the kind of place I want to be. So um, there's this question I have to ask, which uh, I I have been looking for the right persons to ask this question. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always believe that um, everyone is c- the person to tackle this but i believe you two are so you two are the uh two hard-working women the women who have your careers your women who um, are also into in- entrepreneurship your women who have your aspirations a lot of creativity you know you 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 have a vision of where you want to be but knowing the society that you came from which is massively not just uh not it's not it's not like tip of an iceberg it's massively entrenched in patriarchy there's a golden question that always gets thrown around why you never marry <laughs> as soon as you, you cross the age of 24 you know it's like is not that is that your boyfriend is that your no, 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 you go marry you know that kind of thing and uh <laughs> Well, what, you know, why do you think we are so obsessed with marriage? Like for even for me, I, I I think it was after I got past the age of 30, I started getting that question. And I even had said, uh, I don't care. And, uh, I will, and even one time, I think that was the first time my mom had openly, because we have someone who's, uh, well, today is gay, tomorrow is bi, tomorrow is, uh, but, uh, but he's a Trumpite now, so I don't know what he is, but... Um, they didn't accept him when he openly said he was gay. But when uh, the questions were coming for me and it got to one stage, my mom even called me and said, okay, are you gay? Well, if you're <laughs> gay, you can, you can still marry now, right? So yeah, if you marry, you know, you, you, gay people can marry and they, gay people can, they, they can they have a family, right? And there's ways about it. 
And I said, wow, so you finally accept gay, gayness, gay marriages because mm-hmm. of you just want me to get married. It's, it's gotten this bad that <laughs> this is it. This is what took you to accept gayness. And then I just announced, hey, I'm having a baby. Hey, it's over. They just forgot about that. You want, you want, and then later she was like, oh, did you marry? I was like, I have your grandchild, right? I have, okay, I told people you have married. Don't worry. I've told them you're married. Okay, don't worry. Yeah, but yeah. That, that, but she never asked me again, but she, she has announced to everybody, hey, married secretly. Who asked you? <laughs> Nobody. So why do you think, do you guys think that we are so obsessed with this marriage and having kids, especially when it comes to pressuring women? Um, I, th- I just think in Nigerian society, I can't speak for any other society, but society I grew up in, it's kind of like an achievement to be married and to have kids. So for some people, you could be the richest man in the world, blah, blah, blah. If you're not married, then you're lacking something in your life. I think it's almost saying something about your character that nobody wants to be with you, then there must be something wrong with you. That's why, because if someone wanted to be with you, you would be married. But they don't take into consideration that you have a choice that you don't, maybe marriage is not what you want. Maybe it's not the right time, or maybe you haven't found the right person, or maybe you just don't want to be married, but it's never about you. They never think about your, mm-hmm. how you're, you know, what's going on with you. It's always about, it's like in Nigeria, they say, I don't know if it's a Nigerian saying, they say a goat that is owned by the community always ends up hungry because everyone else thinks it's someone's it's fed this person. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, that, yeah that, that's a good so, one. Yeah, so they think instead of it to be about you in the sense of how are you feeling, is about how is the rest of the society. I don't know if I'm yeah, making any sense. Yeah. You are. Just... You are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it's more about the society and more about yeah, them. Yeah, it's more about them than you. It's about yeah. how they like yeah. how your family, yeah. your your community, yeah. or oh, that girl in that family, she never yeah. marry you, her sister yeah. don't marry, mm-hmm. marry never... something must be wrong with her, so something must be yeah. wrong with them. Yeah. Because it's like if something is wrong with me, then it must reflect on my fam- my parents, how they brought me up. So then they look bad. And then the rest of my uncles and aunties, and because everybody's bringing up that child. So it's not just that child is wrong. Something is wrong with the rest of the family. Yeah. So I think that's why that pressure. So it doesn't look like they failed in getting you married because that's uh, sending you to school, bringing you up not to be a thief or prostitute, whatever getting you married is like that's their chore and that's their yeah it's like that's something that they have that you know once they do that then it shows that they've done everything everything for you even if they get you married to a monster okay as long as they've gotten you married then it shows that they're looking so good they're great Mm -hmm. because i think that's kind of the mentality where it stems from yeah my mom when my mom said to me um two years ago she called me and she was like Oh, I just wanted to say, uh, if you found anybody, just marry you. My head bugs me, like, <laughs> are you that desperate? <laughs> but I just said to my mom, I just said to her, like, listen, you know, you have your grandchildren already, yeah, you know, yeah. you got your in-laws, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm me. Like, if, if I get married, I get married. If I don't get married, just don't look at me. For, don't have your hope in me that I'll be married because the way I'm seeing it, I don't... It's like whatever people say to me, what's your five-year plan? I never see family in that plan. It's never in my dream. It's just never in my focus. I don't know. It just, it's just never. And and it's not a bad thing. It's not, it shouldn't be, 
we we shouldn't make that a bad thing. That that exactly. that's the thing because people when I, I I had that same feeling, I didn't even think I'll be a dad at this stage in my life because that's why I was at the age of thirty four. I, I was still not a dad. I became a dad at thirty thirty seven. That's when I became a dad, and you know they had given up. <laughs> had given, that's why people were surprised. I didn't even tell people that I was uh, expecting, and you know that we were expecting, and then it was just. Yeah, okay, baby has arrived. Hey, you know, tell me. Ah, hey, 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 wait, wait, wait. When when you marry? Wait, wait, wait. When when and, and the people and the people got mad about that. I'm like, yeah, what? Do you want to yeah. do you want do you want to start paying for the do you want to start paying for the babies or bringing now? I mean, I will accept this paycheck. I will accept the check. Like you know, <laughs> bringing money. Yeah, and then but if you tell me now, I say you were expecting. I'm like, uh, do you want to pay? No. Okay. No. Bye bye. I guess me. You know, I guess me a lot is. Not to me directly, because I've had I had friends, like one of my friends, she's married now with a kid. But before she was married, a few years ago before she was married, she's always come to me and say to me, oh my God, I'm not married. My friends are not, like some of her friends that are married, apparently one of them in particular, her husband said she, she shouldn't mix with my friends. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware of that. Where some people are insulting and stuff. And, you know, when you watch a Nigerian film where people insult somebody if you're not being married, to me, I'm laughing. I'm, I, I find it funny because to me, if someone was trying to insult me by saying you're not married, to me, I don't say it as an insult. I see it as, wow, Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> It's in the obvious, yeah. okay, what should I do with that information? Like, I don't know, like, how is that meant to be offensive? I don't feel offended when someone tells me you're not married. I'm like, hi, ah, yes, so you that is married, how is your marriage going? How you hope you're having fun, you know, I'm happy for you, whatever. But I don't feel offended when people tell me I'm not married. I just find it like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like someone telling me, oh, you have Afro. Yeah, yeah, I have Afro. <laughs> you know, it, it does nothing to me. It doesn't make me sad. It doesn't make me upset or anything because in my head, marriage is not, it's just not in my, it's my, not in my focus. But it's, it's not the all, it's not the end all, you know? Exactly. It's, well, okay, you got married, so it's like, there are people who were like, oh, you're, fi- you're finally having a child. Hey, guess what? Your life's going to be miserable now. I said, oh, so that's why you had a child? So and then you had another child after you had the one you had. Oh no no that's not why. Oh so why why is that the first like you told me? Uh, yeah I'm just welcoming you to the club. Oh so you you so you you hit your children. Oh no I'm just telling you your life will change. When you have oh you think I didn't know that my life will change. So why why, why is that the first thing you came to tell me? Uh, <laughs> but you're gonna buy a gun now right? I'm like hi why why would I buy a gun? Because oh, well, they didn't know I was having what I was having and we didn't know. We said I said well, you know well, when baby comes ask my my uh, my madam. Do you, do you want to know what we're having? She said, no. I said, okay, but we're both going to love the child, right? Yes, fine. Okay, so boy or girl or twins, whatever. But we knew it wasn't twins. But uh, I said, it doesn't matter what the gender is. We'll love the child. That's the most important thing. And there were people who were like, oh, you're going to buy a gun. If, you know, if it's a girl, you know you're going to buy a gun, right? Because you know, if a boy comes to the house, I said, the baby is not going to come out as a 16-year-old. So, and even if you come out of the why is it gone? The first thing that, why, why, why is that? I'm not going to teach, raise my daughter the way I was raised. I'm, I'm breaking that cycle. That's the first thing I want. She's going to learn the word no, and I will respect that word. Like right now, she's about to turn three. If I, if she tickles me, I laugh. If I try to tickle her, and she says, that's not nice. Don't touch me. I say, oh, sorry, madam. I, I walk away. There are people who are like, ah, your, your child can't talk like that. I say, yes, she can. It's her body. You teach them how to respect. It's our butt. I don't. I don't the only one I have to clean her butt. Then yeah, I can overrule you there. But <laughs> she has to start learning that she she owns that territory. 
it. I have to ask for permission before I you teach them young. You don't wait till the, is it when they are 16, you start teaching them. So I have to say no. No, I, that you have that power. You also like, teach them. And they're like, ah, but you don't want to buy a gun. You don't want to get you won't be why will I be shooting who comes to date? She has to date. She but you have to make you have to make it where she knows how to pick who to, uh, if she she will make mistakes. Hopefully she doesn't make the wrong mistake that will go the worst type. But you have to I'll be as transparent as possible with her. That's the thing. And they're like, ah man, man, now wow, you know sound like Nigerian again. Who? I said, well, I'm, 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 I'm an American citizenship too, so you know. So, <laughs> but suffering, internal suffering. Is that is, yeah, yeah. A lot of my classmates, you know, the the female ones. There are some of them. They got as soon as they got married, they stopped talking. We, we can't talk anymore because oh, my my husband gets jealous. Like you had male friends before you got married. He knew that. Oh yeah, but as soon as I got married, say I can't text my or call my my male friends. Oh. Yes, friends. Yeah, but I mean, so I was like, okay, well, that's yeah, uh, that's who you found love with. I mean, I'm, I respect that space. You know, I have friends who are women. My woman, my woman came into my life, and I introduced that to them. These are my some of my coolest friends. My closest friends are women, so you know them. It's not like uh, I'm not going to be uh, doing hiding. Why do I need to go through backyard to talk to my friends? And she asked friends who are male, why will you give me your phone? Let me come and check. Who, who, eh? You talk to a man? What the hell? I know I love my peace. I love my peace of mind. It's not, I don't have that stress. So then I, then I look at those relationships. I'm like, is this what the marriage is about? Then I should come and join them. Well, hell no. So that's why I, I tell people like, yeah, don't, if it's me, marriage, the only reason why marriage exists in my book is ta for tax reasons. That's what I tell people. If you're in the, yeah, exactly. In the Western world, that's it. That's the only value for marriage is tax. <laughs> that's it. It's nothing more. But if you want to go by Nigerian, it's just, uh, hey, you don't marry. Okay. Uh, my, my aunt who married the man who was beating her, beating her into miscarriages. Nobody in the family still talks about it. How that man first beat her into miscarriages multiple times. And the trauma that woman went through. We, and I'm, now I can look back. I, I, it comes back to me. I'm like, yeah, we don't. She will hey, manage now, nah, manage, manage now, nah, manage. And we'll talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. How? That man was a monster. What else? But that is that I must marry and I will not divorce because God said you can't divorce. Oh, that's the one that gets me. You're not divorcing when you should. Uh huh. And then, you know, and then when the woman dies, hey, the witches from village, kid, which witches? Don't stop blaming witches. Witches are living their own life. You went and put the problem on their head. Witches have their time. They don't have time for that. They are living. They, they have. They are focusing on better things than <laughs> your miserable marriage. So yeah, I, I try to dispel that too. And that's why I love seeing women like yourselves who aren't in that trap of like, oh, marriage is the end all. I must find husband because you know it, there's that there's that thing to like when you get when the woman. And I also know women who when they got to twenty seven. No husband or no man in sight. Then you get you do the next best thing. I get married to Jesus. Yeah, oh. I am married to Jesus. Start singing that chorus. Go to the church. I say, ay, ay, ay. It is, uh, uh, as they say, it is well. <laughs> uh, so, um, second to the last question I'm going to ask. 
Let me see. Music. You've already touched on music, but I want to ask a different type of music question. So Amaka has taught me something about music recently, uh, which I didn't know about Bonner Boy fans, what they are called. I, I use that as a flex now when I talk to that, but they're like, eh? The only thing that they call them. And I was like, girl. Oh. I guess. Yeah. I've only yeah. just found out right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I guess I have something over you finally. Yay. Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> Yay, this this gray this the gray in my beard now is for something. <laughs> I don't have an afro anymore, so I can only use the, the gray in my beard. So <laughs> so let's say you want to dance for one hour straight. Because I know you people dance. They can't deny that one that you don't dance. I won't believe both of you. Yeah, you know the answer. One hour straight. Give me three artists that will keep you dancing for one hour straight. And you can't use the same, you can't give the same artist. You, each person will have their own answer. Well, the thing with me is I don't know people's names. Okay, so give I... us the song. Well, I can tell you like a, a genre of music. Okay. Oh, wow. It's Jennifer. <laughs> we, we, need, we need to do part two for Jennifer only. We, we'll discuss genre, we'll discuss artifacts, we'll discuss eating. Just, those just be the three topics there. But the thing is, it depends on my mood as well and the time. Because sometimes I'm into things. I'm never the same. If you meet me... Next uh, this year, is just for you to dance for one hour straight. One hour straight. And it could be... I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. I'm a piano. Yeah, I'm a piano. Why does that sound familiar? South, South African. African. Ah, okay. I'll have to now, check. If you listen to I'm a piano, you will get up from your chair, I guarantee you. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He was on repeat. He was. Yeah, I, I, it's still on repeat. I played with Ziwa yesterday at our dad's soccer game. You know, yeah, yeah. the guys were like, who, "Who this? Who this?" I said, "Don't worry, don't worry. I'm, I'm your DJ for a reason." <laughs> As I was just scoring goals like that. So I was just scoring when she came. Out, I was like, "Ah, let's go, let's go." So I'm a piano. Okay, I have my South African podcasters too. They, they will go and they will dig it up for me. Yeah, that's why they're my friends. They have to do that. Essay house, house, yeah, house, yeah. house, house. I think at the moment for me, South Africa. Yes, they are banging. Yeah, I think ah, South Africans. Hey, the Nigerians will come out now for you people. Hey, if you nice. go to clubs, I don't think any club has started if they don't play any house song. Like they are playing, they just throw it in. Okay, give, give me the artist. Give me three artists. Give me three artists then. DJ Tira. DJ Tira. Okay. There's Prince KB. Oh, that sounds familiar. KB. Yeah, Prince KB. Okay. Is this oh, Syrianian? No, they're all South Africans. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like Shoma Josie. Okay. That's yeah. for her, Shoma Josie. But let me give you my own tree. She can give you her own tree. So I said DJ Tira. I've said Prince KB. And the last one is DJ Ganyani. Gamyani. Gamyani. G G for God. A N. Y A N I. Why? I would have failed that, that good thing is not for exam. I would have failed miserably. <laughs> so yeah. Um so I'm a piano is one of them. Um, uh, recently I started listening to Compa, 
Haitian. Oh, music. yes, yes. They, they got good vibes there. Good vibes. Zumba, Zumba is nice as well. And um, yeah, Afrobeats as well. Yeah, yeah. Afrobeats. Afro wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So, wait, wait, wait. This, that's a technicality then. We have to bring that technicality. I'll throw the flag. So, <laughs> when, when people say Afrobeats, me, I'm a purist. Is it the original? Are we doing the real Afrobeat or are we doing this thing that they call Afrobeat now? Because I call it Nigerian hip hop. Okay, okay, just yeah, call Nigerian, Nigerian hip hop. Like if you are looking at Whiskey, um, Naira Mali. Um, oh, so you, 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 you are, you are a Malian. Somalian. Okay, God, yeah, that's right. I just wanted to say it on. Okay, so you're both Malians. All right. Yeah. I also like um I like listening to Fela. Like YouTube has a lot of Fela playlists and put it on. Like I played it at work once and they were like, What's this? What's this music? And I was like, You don't know about Fela? <laughs> well, let me play it to you. <laughs> Jennifer trying to start a revolution at work. I'm mean, call your boss and in fact, I'm just I'm just called Boris. Like come come watch out for this woman. If you if you yeah. ever hear of a revolution in the UK, is go go straight to Jennifer. She just gonna start a revolution. That's who started it. Why you introducing people to fella like that? Be careful, oh. be careful. Fella not for everybody. I like fella. Like when I went to um, what's it called the shrine, there was this guy that was just in the middle. Um, Femi wasn't playing that day. I don't think there was any. Yeah. I don't know who was playing. There was. Oh, he was, was just. No, no, it wasn't Femi that day. It was I don't know if it was just speaker. We went on a yeah, quiet day. Okay. But there was a boy who was probably like 16 years old and he was in the middle. Dancing. No, he was just on his own. He wasn't performing. He was literally on his own and he was just dancing. dancing. I was just watching this boy. The way he was moving. Oh my God. I was like, if Ella was here. Yeah. In the end, I had to call him and I had to like just give him some, dash him some money because I was like, oh, this boy just entertained me. Even though Femi and his family was not playing. Yeah. Like, uh. you know, Okay, well, so Fela music, yeah. like, it really does... It has a spirit to it. Fela is spirit now. Fela is spirit. Because music... once you get into it, it's like you are in a realm, like... If, yeah. if, if, ah. if, 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 if my daughter can respond to it, then it, 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 it's okay for you to respond. That's, <laughs> that's who judges the music in my house. When, when she when she starts doing the head, mm, you start feeling, I say, okay, yeah, yeah, this one. This one, you said, you're my, you're my child. No DNA test required. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fela Literally, nice. once Fela is playing, you just you just get into it. Mm -hmm. Just boom. Yeah. 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 There's, a there's, there's someone I'm looking for. I heard that on BBC Africa podcast once, and I don't know what I... Maybe I was doing dishes, so I couldn't uh, write her name down. And then I forgot about the episode, and every time I try to look for that episode, I can't find it. And somehow, nobody seems to know who she is. An Egyptian artist who said... Fela inspired her music and Egypt, Egypt's government banned her album. What? Yeah, so I, I wanted to hear what her album sounded like because I have a few North Africans, but I don't have somebody like that in my okay. music library. What's Wad Masi then? Who? Wad Masi. Wad Masi. Yeah, you send, send me that one on, on, on phone. So but is she, is, 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 is she Egyptian? Algeria. Algeria, okay. Algeria, you see? Algeria is, uh, I trust Algeria. Yeah, they have to come true. Okay. Zaho, French. Yes, just I like yeah. her. Zaho, she's nice as well. Mm. So, I, I, I've been looking for that because I remember her interview, the Egyptian woman who got banned and she was, she was like, yes, my music is 
inspired by Fela, 100% inspired by Fela. And it was just, it was just fascinating that before the album came out, the Egyptian government just banned it. They, they, you know, you can't play this in Egypt. It was banned. And I was like, I need to hear this album. I need to hear. But I can't find out. I, I, I Googled her name one time. Nothing came up. Well, different album, it was men that I kept getting recommended. So, yeah, I, I, if someone can give me that artist's name, yeah, I, I would love you for life. Okay, I'll see if I can find it. All right, please, please. All right, so final question. Thank you for giving me your time. I couldn't go into a lot more questions because, yeah, that was it was on me. So, but you guys have been fantastic. And Walter here, who's, who's um, Josh is my producer, but he's not in the studio today. So, Walter is covering for him. And Walter has been enjoying this. So, he, he should have ended the episode like 10 minutes ago, but he, he, he let us continue talking. So, final question What would you like, what would you like to leave the audience with? Um, it could be your freestyle, could be you performing, could, but it's just a line that you would like to leave the audience with. It could be a sentence, you know, just something you'd like to leave the audience with, you know. It's all you, you know, one, both of you. You do, you do your own thing. It could be from a book that you've read. It could be from, from a fella song, who knows, but uh, from one of your South African songs. Yeah, okay. I'll say for me, South African song, I'll just say no rush. No rush. For anything, time always is. No rush. Okay. No rush. Um, hmm. thing is, in my head, I've got so much to say, but I know there's not time, so I'm just <laughs> going to say never say never. Oh, never say never. Never. Just yeah. I like both. Never say never. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, do you have anything you'd like to plug in or if people want to get in touch with you guys, how can that um take place? Okay. I don't have any security. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I, I was expecting you to go there, but <laughs> 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 no, I'm, I'm out in the wild. Yeah, I go where the wind takes me. So. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can still plug in something if you want to, you know. Just look for hashtag Palo Sessions on Instagram. You can find us on Black Bidika Media. So just hashtag Palo Sessions. You'll find us. If any of you in diaspora, if you come to Nigeria and if you check, if you see the flyers, come on the show, enjoy yourself. That's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. So hashtag Palo Sessions on Instagram, right? Yeah. All right. I'll add that to the show notes and on um, all social media so people mm -hmm. will be aware. All right. Mm -hmm um dalu for coming on the podcast i still remember the, uh, thank you in <laughs> yeah. hey, y'all have too much fun with me but let's see all right so for everyone listening thank you for the privilege of your company see you next week don't forget to love like and share the podcast and hey join us on patreon if you want to thanks for listening to white label american if you enjoy the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. 
If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at widelabelamerican at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at White Label American. Thank you for your support.